From Relay FM, this is Analog, episode number 28. Today's show is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts. For a 10-day free trial, visit lynda.com slash analog. Harry's, an exceptional shave at a fraction of the price, and Flywheel, simple hosting for your WordPress site. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined, as always, by the one and only Mr. Casey Liss. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? I'm very well, sir. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, it's a big week. It's a, a moderately sized uh, week. Oh, stop it. It's a, it's a huge week. Huge week, but we'll get to that later. Before sure. that, do we have any follow-up? We do have a few things, actually. Uh, we do have a few things. Um, one I just wanted to put in there, uh, Tim Broder, uh, Timothy Broder on Twitter. Uh, he wanted to just share with you some solidarity around sketches. I saw that. I was very excited to see that. Uh, Tim has, from what I can tell, the exact same sketchers that I have. Those are my everyday shoes. Um, They are probably the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn. We talked about it way too long on the last episode, which, by the way, I haven't really heard any feedback from Matt Alexander. Have you? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, you should listen to Bonanza. Oh, God. Oh, I have no time. Matt has some things to say. Oh, God. To, to I did you. not even consider that. Oh, God. Oh, I mean. I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm getting embarrassed just thinking about it, and I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> he has listened, and oh, God. he was he was live texting me. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, he's, he's very upset. I'm he's not He's very surprised. upset. <laughs> and he, he says that he, he felt that I was live trolling, like I was trolling you, but well, I, I don't get that think at all. I was. Like, <laughs> I just said that I was just being very particular with what i was saying and what i wasn't saying like i just wasn't really saying much was kind of my my feeling because uh as i I think i was trying to get across last week i don't know if it came across like your choices are peculiar to me and not my choices but they're your choices and i'm fine with that Mm -hmm. you know like i wouldn't make the same choices that you do is that because i'm not a lumbersexual no, I mean, just your, like, I think I think one of Matt's main problems was, like, my original question, whatever it was, like, and do you, I think, do you, do you have a sense of style, like, or do you have a personal style? And you just went, uh, which you, I think, in the edit asked me to cut, but I refused. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I did not notice. Because, <laughs> yeah, see, this is the thing. Sometimes I sneak things into those edits. That's because you, you know, know you know full well that I never go back and listen again. So yep. Oh goodness, I, I can't. I think it might have been like a couple of weeks ago or something. There was like an error of some description, and I threw ac- the accidental oh, little God. chime in. I did not know that. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Well, so let me quickly back up and just say that in case you're not aware, Matt Alexander is a is a friend of both of ours, uh, and he runs Need and uh, what is it, Foremost, which are yeah. two uh, fashion oriented. Yep. Uh, clothing distributor houses retail organization things. And now he's going to hear this and get furious at me, but I, I, I'm not trolling intentionally. And so anyway, so given that he is a friend of ours who actually knows what fashion is, well, I mean, Mike kind of knows what fashion is about, but I don't know what fashion is about. And so since Matt knows what fashion is about, the fact that he uh, heard the episode is completely mortifying. And now I kind of want to crawl in a hole and die. <laughs> That's okay. Well, you know, you were spoken about on Bonanza, which I know is one of your favorite things. Really good true. episode, actually. A really I have one. heard that. You need to look at the, the show notes page and just see the artwork that Frank made. Oh, goodness. He was making artwork live oh, on yeah? the show. Yeah. 
You know, it's too bad you guys don't do that more often. Mm. Do what? Bonanza. We're doing one next week. Oh, don't you tease me. We are. We're going to have one on the calendar for next week. <laughs> Mike World Conference next. Expo Microsoft. <laughs> WWE. This is magnificent. Yeah, it was It was special. Oh, God. Oh, and we're in the show notes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, God. You oh. could just skip this one. Or maybe I could provide you with a version with that part of the conversation edited out. No, it's okay. You get oh. the man up and take it. I'm just going to have to take it. Oh, God. All right, so let's move on to more follow-up. Uh, we got an email from Kirk. Um, yes, we did. It yes, was did. it was a very interesting email, and I actually followed up with him uh, privately afterwards just to ask a few more questions. I'm going to try to grab the relevant portions rather than read the whole thing. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and he has had his own iPad since he was a little over a year old. I'd absolutely say he's addicted to it, but I screen all the apps that are on there with the exception of YouTube, which I deeply regret and can't take away now. I only give him educational apps that, frankly, are so much more helpful than most baby toys. He could recite his ABCs before he could even properly pronounce them. Currently, he can read anything you put in front of him, and we're working on math. He can count to 100, and I couldn't be more proud. The downside, of course, is that my wife and I never know a time, never knew a time where we could spell out words to each other without him figuring out what we were saying. Uh, I credit a lot of that to iPad apps, and of course, we also challenged him and kept him interested without forcing it. This is not all, not at all a case of, quote, here's a screen, now leave me alone, quote, which is the assumption a lot of people make. Yes, it can be a res- uh, respite to hand him the iPad to distract him, but it's also an incredible learning tool. Uh, that was a really interesting point, which I think I'd kind of thought about, sort of, but I'd not heard someone so emphatically say, no, really, this is a positive and helpful thing. And uh, and so I'd asked Kirk for a couple of recommendations, which I have filed away because I don't need them yet. And, and honestly, I don't remember what they were off the top of my head. But um, that was a really useful email and a really helpful email. And I'm very glad, Kirk, you, you spent the time to write in. So It feels like, as I'm, just allow me to finish this, this point. It feels kind of pointless asking Kirk for recommendations because I can guarantee you in like a year or two years time, he will be using completely new apps of his kids. Like, because the, all of the apps that there's currently being used will all be replaced. Cause yeah, yeah. There are so many apps for children, like, it's incredible because it is a really interesting market. It's a very interesting market to be in. And if you do it right, like I would suggest all of everything Tokoboka related. I've heard the same thing from others. Oh, so good. Um, as was an old joke on the prompt, uh, Tokoboka Hair Salon was one of my first picks on the show. Cause I just, oh, I, yeah, I, I forgot about that. I, my story with that, I can't remember if I told the story, was like, it was uh, the last day of WWDC 2014, maybe, or 13, one of them. I think it might have been 13. And on that day, like, it was the last day and everybody had left and I wasn't leaving until the evening. And I got late checkout in the room and was kind of just hanging around. And I was looking at what was on the app store and it was one of the new apps and I kind of just downloaded it and just sat around playing with hairstyles for a while. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, oh. I was on my own, on my own, in a San Francisco hair room, being a hairstylist. It was great. That's an interesting way to spend your time alone in San Francisco. But you know, whatever makes you happy, Mike. That was such a boring day. <laughs> oh, it was so terrible. It was. There's nothing to do on your own in San Francisco. It's like, tough when you when you don't really want to. When you've got a big suitcase with you, so you can't do any of the touristy stuff or whatever. It was, I was kind of just hanging around. It was a nice day though. The weather was good, so I was able to walk. That was the day when I walked and got stopped and like turned around with the Disney bag. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that is amazing. Now, it's a, it's a tough thing to be by yourself at the end of WWDC because basically um, everyone clears out no later than noon on Friday. And so to stick around past lunchtime on Friday is kind of a poor choice. And so um, I can only imagine how boring that was for you. But I always stay too late. I'm not going to do that this time around. Excellent. Are you going to go for the whole week, do you think? I guess it would make oh, sense for you too. Definitely. It's the best week of the year. Yeah, see, I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm, I'm doubtful I'll get tickets. And so then at that point, you know, how long do I ask Aaron to stay with Declan without me? Or alternatively, do I see if we can just bring the two of them, which would be my preference. But we'll see when we get there. You could you do a few days, do three days if yeah. you get a ticket. Yeah, we'll see. If you got a ticket, would you do the whole week? Oh, absolutely. For sure. Okay. Okay. Right, why don't you tell us about something that's awesome? That's a good idea. This week's episode of Analog is brought to you by our friends over at lynda.com. You can invest in yourself and start a free trial, lynda.com, a 10-day free trial, and learn something incredible. lynda.com is used by millions of people around the world. They have over 3,000 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business, as well as things like photography, Photoshop, design skills, GTD. If you want it, They've got it. All of Linda.com's courses are taught by experts and they're adding new stuff to the site every single week. When you sign up for Linda.com, you'll get unlimited access to every single course that they have. You'll get access to these on your tablet, on your mobile device. They have great apps for iOS and Android. You can view them on your desktop and on your Mac as well. Uh, whatever whatever device you want to look at Linda.com courses, you can do that. So that allows you to learn wherever you want, whenever you want. You know, Maybe you're on a bus, on a train, in the office, in the garden. It doesn't matter. You can watch all of the courses, the great professional lovely looking courses that Linda.com make and you'll get to watch all of the new ones as they're adding new ones every single week. They have a really great course uh, from Jeffrey Zelbin about 20 years of web design and community and a favorite designer of mine goes by the name Aaron Draplin. He did a great course about like quick logo design and stuff and that was incredible and I really urge you to watch that one. Uh, it's just a real great example of how fantastically produced this stuff is. Whether you want to set new financial goals, maybe you want to build an app that you've always wanted to do, and maybe you want to find a new job, or just want to make your current skill set in your workplace even better than it was before. Maybe you want to learn how to interpret and use body language, or maybe you're interested in leadership training. Lynda.com have got it. It's such an incredible resource. If you just go and sign up for a free 10-day trial by going to lynda.com slash analog, you'll be able to see for yourself just how awesome it is is so as i said go to lynda.com slash analog and sign up not only will you learn some awesome stuff you'll also help support this show thank you so much lynda.com for sponsoring this week's episode of analog they have a course on body language yeah it's, it's part of their management and leadership stuff they have like uh, how to interpret and use body language that's incredible. So I've been reading over the last, I don't know, a year or so, a series of books by um, the author Brad Thor. And the series... A great name. Yeah, isn't it? Brad um, Thor. Totally. Um, and the the series is about a single character, Scott Harveth, I believe. I forget how you pronounce the uh, surname. Uh, sorry, I got a little confused there because Faith and Jason just tried to call me on Skype. Bring him in. But uh, actually, I wonder if we can we do that? All right, hold on. I'll be right back. Welcome to the internet. I already talk. Begin. Hello. 
Mike? Mike! Hi! Hey! <laughs> Look at that! <laughs> Hey everybody! Uh, what the hell you is guys are currently right now? streaming live on 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 Relay FM? Just letting you know <laughs> what what show? Uh, we're recording analog right now. Wow, we were just talking about analog. Aw, <laughs> Mike. Specifically, we were talking about the communication pyramid. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> you guys have really smashed through the communication pyramid today. <laughs> More specifically, that's exactly what we were talking about. Faith and I were um, having a little discussion about how she's saying it's rude to just FaceTime somebody without, like, an engraved invitation. (laughs) And I was saying, hey, if they're not available, they'll just ignore it. Everybody moves on with their life. Which, comically, asked me what I did at first when I saw the Skype call come on. What did you do at first when you saw the Skype call come on? I definitely hit the little red ignore button. And then I was like, well, wait a second. This could be really enjoyable. Hey, Mike, hold on a sec. (laughs) Well, what really happened is he was halfway through a sentence and completely broke down and couldn't finish. And I was like, and he was like, oh, sorry, uh, Faith and Jason are calling me. He just (laughs) completely lost his bearings. That's so true. (laughs) Just to be clear, that was Jason. I didn't know he was doing that. And so... That was incredibly rude of you, Jason. <laughs> Just to be clear, th- it was all Faith's idea. She put me up to it. You'll hear it when the show gets released that she's like, hey, it would be really funny if you just called Casey and Mike right now. I'm Hopefully, sure that's exactly what happened. She said, fingers crossed they're doing analog. I mean, analog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where, where, then she said, where are the parentheses go? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. You guys are currently our parentheses. That's true, actually. Uh, you know? Who is, is like nicest, sitting in the middle of it. That's the nicest thing I think anybody has ever said to me. <laughs> yeah. Who is the U and who is the E? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Hashtag obvi. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hurtful you would even ask that, Casey. Sorry, Jason. You guys... Are we? Did we just combine shows? Yeah, we kind of did. I think so. I think we need to, we need to uh, uncombine them. We need to... Uh, is, it, sep- is it possible to uncross streams? This is so going in the episode, though. We'll send you, we'll send you our audio, Mike, if you do. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Why not? I'll have it. Comma, Mike. Not, not, I'm not going to send you the microphone I use to record. <laughs> Unless you want it. I mean, that's cool. You, you seem trustworthy. Wait, did, so did you guys even answer why we called you? We rudely interrupted you so that you could confirm that that is rude. <laughs> um, oh. um, I, I would like to hear Mike's opinion first. First, if I could. Um, so I think it depends on the person. Like, if Faith either of you guys called me and just wanted to chat, I wouldn't think it was rude. I don't mm-hmm. think. No, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Uh, maybe if you knew what the time was, like right now. I mean, obviously you didn't know we were recording, but it's like half past midnight. So if you called me like right now, I'd be like, guys, think about the time zones. But then I also <laughs> don't blame people for that. Because uh, you don't know, it's not it's not up to you. But no, I I I think it depends on the person. For me, if either of you guys called me as you did, well, they called Casey, which I, you know I'll accept that you called Casey, <laughs> not me. That's fine. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's rude. But most of the time, like ninety five percent of my Skype contact list, if they called me just randomly out of the blue, I would be a little bit like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think okay. it's rude. I, I don't think it's rude as long as nobody got upset if we ignored you two, but um, which you didn't seem to, and and so that's fine. But it, it certainly took me by surprise, and even if I was just sitting here like goofing off on the computer, I would have been like, hmm, why are Faith and Jason calling? What am I about to get myself into? That's you're okay. About, 
you're about to get yourself into a cross-streamed podcast. It's, didn't they teach you not to do that on Ghostbusters? Yeah, mm-hmm. but TLDW. You gotta live a little, Casey. It's 0-15. <laughs> oh, God. Did you just too long didn't watch Ghostbusters? Yeah, you should have seen all three of your expressions at the same time. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Got ya. <laughs> have, you, have you seen Ghostbusters or no? Of course. All right, good. Um, you know, I should That's... use this opportunity to yell at the two of you, because although I am so far behind on Geek... Oh, God, uh, IRL talk, it's not even That's funny. how far behind he is. <laughs> <laughs> the previous show. <laughs> but uh, I have heard that you have you have shared with the world some terrible, awful news, and I, and I want to say that I'm extremely disappointed in this and very saddened by it, and I think that this no is No one's a, looking at you, Casey. I know, and no this is a dubious decision, and I'm very perturbed with the both of you for it. So I just <laughs> want to file that complaint. We appreciate that, um, and of course, we like feeling loved. But <laughs> you both have you both have ended podcasts before, so you should be on our side. Well, yeah. your, your yeah. complaint's going to be lodged with the official committee, and you can expect a response <laughs> in fourteen days. That was the most official sounding <laughs> response I've ever heard. Oh goodness! All right, so we I used uh, to log things with committees. I bet you did. Is that a euphemism? Uh, right. So we should probably uncross these streams before this yeah. completely de- just devolves into awful. Wait, before you do, yes, uh, Casey, your video froze for me. Mike, I really like your hair. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right. I'll randomly talk to you guys later, I guess. <laughs> Sounds <Yeah>. good. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Later. So I've been reading these uh, books over the last year or so by this guy, Brad Thor, um, which, I mean, most awesome name ever, right? Well, anyway, so he has a series that's centered around a character, uh, Scott Harveth, I believe is the surname. I forget how you pronounce it. But anyways, um, this guy, Scott, used to be a um, Secret Service agent. And so he's really, really good at reading people. And the way it's portrayed in this fictional novel is that he's a freaking walking polygraph. But I'm sure that there's some modicum of truth to like the different tells that people have and so on and so forth. And so I wonder if this Linda thing will uh, will will turn me into Scott Harveth, the super mega secret agent guy. Maybe. You never know. It's worth a shot. It's probably more like NLP stuff, you know. It's more like what? Oh, neuro-linguistic programming. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I have 10 days to turn into a secret agent, and weirder things have happened, so. <laughs> Man, I, I need to feed that back to Linda. <laughs> 10 days to turn into a secret agent with lynda.com. That should be their new, their new course. Yeah, they can run with that. Yeah. Oh, You're goodness. just the idea guy. <laughs> I am just the idea guy. All right, so we have a little bit of Relay Your Feels follow out, up, down, left, right. No, yeah, no, this is start. just questions. This okay. is just question time. All right. Um, yeah, we have a couple. So uh, Joe Steele, um, fake name, uh, asked a question, and I thought it was quite interesting because I got to see some very cute photos. He asked, what's Virginia's weather like? And obviously he was just... Uh, Joe basically sends about two tweets a week to, to relay your feels. One of them is serious, one of them... It's not so serious. I believe this is the not so serious one. I think uh, so too. But it did make me want to ask you because obviously I would expect now, and I know this actually, that Declan has had his first snow day. That is and correct. And I wonder what that experience was like. Uh, it was very enjoyable. Um, it snowed, what day is today? Today's Thursday. It snowed Monday evening, I believe, um, about six inches. And 
So here's the thing about snow. Um, I spent my formative years in Connecticut, which is in the northeastern United States, in between New York City and Boston. Um, Boston is under literally like five or six feet of snow at this point. And Connecticut used to get a lot of snow. And so when I moved to Virginia, I thought it was hysterical that school would be canceled over something as small as like two inches of snow, which by Connecticut standards is barely a dusting. Well, as I've lived here for basically a uh, decade and a half now, I've come to realize that the thing with snow is the absolute measurement really doesn't mean that much. It's all a relative thing based on how well equipped the area is to deal with it. So needless to say, when we got six inches of snow on Monday night, um, I don't believe any of the surrounding school districts are have gone back to school yet, and I don't think they're going back on Friday either. Um, so anyway, so we got six wow. inches. Yeah, intense, right? Six inches of snow in Connecticut is like maybe a delay, maybe. But anyway, um, well, it's 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 all relative. It's yeah, all exactly. to do with your town's preparedness. Precisely. Snow. Precisely. Like London right. shuts down when it snows. I bet London is beautiful when it snows. It is, uh, except for the disgusting black slush around the roads. <laughs> uh, aside from that, it is very, very beautiful. Um, like it is like 99% of the time. Yes, yes, yes. I can't even argue with you because I know you're right. Um, beautiful city. So anyway, um, so yeah, so we took Declan out very briefly into the snow. Uh, we bundled him up. And we took him outside and we put on some slightly oversized sunglasses on him. And we put, uh, put him in this like poofy jacket that my, my grandparents, his great grandparents got him. And we sat him on the ground on, on a portion of the ground where we had cleared all the snow and had him touch the snow for like five seconds. And he didn't think it was very enjoyable and then promptly puked all over himself because he <laughs> tends to do that because he's a baby. Uh, and then we took him in. So the snow day lasted all of about 10 minutes, but it was very enjoyable. And he looked adorable, if I'm allowed to say so. I like the shades. Yeah, the shades were pretty awesome. I, I do enjoy the shades. We actually have, for when he's slightly older, a pair of shades that look more similar to mine. And I, we'll put a picture in the show notes. Um, but my shades, I, I describe as my hipster glasses, which is probably not even accurate. Hi, Matt Alexander. And um, and so his his other shades, which are too big for, were way too big for him right now, look a little bit more like mine. These are like a little more Oakley style. Um, but they are they are very cute, and I thought he looked adorable, and we did have fun, albeit um, albeit for a very brief window of time. So, uh, how's the weather in Virginia these days? It's freaking cold. In fact, tomorrow it's going to be in the negatives Fahrenheit. I'm not even going to try to figure out what that is Celsius. Very negatives. We haven't had any snow, and it makes me sad. Oh, I thought you did like a week or two ago. I guess not. There's been like dusting snow. Yeah, it's not even not even doing anything. Do you guys? I'm not again. Not trying to troll. Do you guys get a lot of snow? Because I know you have a lot of like rain and you know kind of foggy weather. But do you get a lot of snow usually? A couple of times a year, if that. And is it a lot when that happens, or is it like you know an inch or two here and there? Every year or two, it's like shut down London for amounts. a few days, and it's an and it's it's like a, a for us a significant amount. Like it takes a significant amount to do it, but when it does it, like it does it, and then it's like you hear about all the millions of pounds lost in the economy and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing. Snow. I, I to me, the perfect winter is you have L.A. weather, which it pains me to admit that because Joe Steele is going to run with it. You have L.A. weather until December twenty. Then on about the twenty second or twenty third, it dumps like a foot or two of snow on the ground, and then on January two, it's back to L.A. weather. Hmm. I think that'd be perfect. Hmm. I don't know. 
All right, what else do we have in Relay Your Feels? Uh, this is an interesting one. Um, at underscore the hexagon uh, asked how Relay FM is turning out financially for me, um, which I thought was quite an interesting question. I feel like I've mentioned it, but in case anybody else is interested and or uh, is now interested, um, really well. I earn more money now than I ever made from my job, so I'm happy. That is... And- unbelievably awesome because i have thought that um you know hey well maybe i should go independent you know we've talked about it on the show maybe i should just stop doing my job job you know whatever whatever and every time i think to myself oh my goodness to throw away my regular everyday salary would be insane and i don't really have the you know the alternative plan like you do and to be to think of what it would what it must feel like to have left what appeared to be the stable and sure thing only to do something that's even more um, rewarding financially anyway, if not in every other measurable way, that must be so awesome. You should be so happy. And you, uh, you yeah. sound like you are. I, it's like month on month. Like if I end up saying like, oh, if, if I don't know, like if I work out how much money I earn every month, it's more. But like the only thing is, is the payments are more erratic. Sure. You know, just because you kind of, and, and I think that I really should have planned it out better for myself and I need to do that. Um, so like I need to save up enough money to pay myself like a month in arrears or whatever. Sure. So then I can then get into a bit more of a schedule because I'm kind of like paying myself at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. and But mm-hmm. then not all the payments are in for, you know, it's that kind of thing. So I'm not really on a good schedule with it. But like sometimes it's some months it's like as much as I earn. Sometimes I'm not kidding. It's like twice. And so it's like it it differs month to month, but there's not been one month yet. And it doesn't look like there's going to be for at least the next six months where I'm going to be earning less. Yeah, that that's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I mean, look, I'm I'm thrilled, mate. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, I get to do what I love, and I'm being paid well for it, so it's it's fantastic. I have a really great boss. He's he's very nice to me. I didn't realize Stephen was that nice a guy. <laughs> that was a twofer um yeah you should be proud of yourself i am very proud I'm, I'm if only you could have like put something self-deprecating in there and you would have got the jackpot <laughs> that's right that's right i'm gonna feel terrible about this until steven hears it then he'll probably kill me um any anything else on relay your feels yes um i just really like this one speaking of self-deprecating Yes, I just I really liked it. This is from uh, Emma Bloomer. Uh, how do all Americans, especially Casey, handle their depression about having boring U.S. accents when podcasting with Mike? I just want to know how you deal with it. Uh, I deal with it by being very sad, and and I've said this to Mike in the past at some point, and it's funny because when it's Mike and I talking like we are right now. I think Mike sounds unbelievably proper and formal and delightful, and it just warms my little heart. And then I listen to Bonanza, and compared to Matt, you sound like an American. You know, you're like, oh, whatever, and and your accent is not nearly as as polished and ridiculous. And and I hope I'm not offending you by saying that. It's just because it's all you know compared to who you're speaking with, and and compared to me. I sound like an idiot, not only because of my accent, but I sound like an idiot and you sound so delightful. And when it's you and Matt, you both sound delightful, but he sounds so much more like 
you know, he has a tie on or like a bow tie or something like that. His shoes are all shiny. He sounds so much more formal, I guess is what I'm saying. That's posh. That's a very good way of putting it, Joe Steele, uh, in the chat. And, um, and yeah, so it's hysterical for me to bounce from this show, you know, say I'm doing an edit or, so, or something like that, or, or Connected is another great example because there's three different accents. And then I go to Bonanza, which is, you know, like the, the, the posh and not as posh versions of the British accent. Do you hate me now? Nope. Okay. It's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine for me. But yeah, so short, short answer is it sucks and I hate it. I wish I had a cool accent. You have a cool accent to me, Casey. Aww. That's adorable. Should we take a break? Yes, please. This week's episode of Analog is brought to you by a new sponsor, and that is Flywheel. Flywheel can provide you with simple hosting for your WordPress site. They are a managed host, and every site on Flywheel has its own server. So your site isn't going to be fighting with others for resources, and they can handle caching for you, which means you can stop worrying about having to tune those crazy cache-in plugins that you just don't want to have to deal with. Flywheel makes sure it just works works. Flywheel will migrate any existing WordPress site within 24 hours, completely free of charge. They just want to make sure that it's simple and easy for you to start using them. Every Flywheel user just has one login to both their easy-to-use dashboard and all of their files as well. And once you log in to the Flywheel SFTP server, you'll see all of your sites in one place, neatly arranged according to owner. Even if you have to access a thousand client sites, it won't be a problem with their great organized interface. They have simple billing transfer, so once you set up a site and your client is happy, if that's the kind of work that you do, you can easily transfer the hosting billing straight to them. They also have an expert support team who are ready to help out of any issue you're dealing with, all free of charge for Flywheel customers. Flywheel have teamed up with Securi, the leading provider for WordPress security solutions to scan and proactively monitor your sites for hackers and malware. If your site has a problem, they will notice, let you know, and fix it for free. Flywheel also takes care of all of the WordPress updates for you for maximum security. They have staging sites that allow you to work on a site in a testing area and roll it out with a click of a button when it's done and of course flywheel handle nightly backups for you that allow you to roll back to previous versions and highlight the changes between those versions if you need to if you're a person who uses or needs wordpress sites you need flywheel and you'll get 20 percent off any plan for a year with the code analog thank you so much to flywheel for supporting this show and relay fm all right so um so you've had a pretty big week this week, and I've been very excited to talk to you about this. Um, but we've been we've been dragging everyone through everything else to kind of entice them and tease them, like like you know sitcoms do. So what happened this week, Mike? So this is going to be one of those episodes that is extremely self indulgent um, because I'm literally just going to be talking about something that I did uh, this week. So I hope that people will accept that. Um, I mentioned this last week, I think, uh, that episode 27 of Inquisitive was published to the world. Um, It's called Behind the App, number one, History. And this is the first of the Behind the App series that I'm currently doing for Inquisitive, um, which hopefully will start off a whole chain of series about different topics. Um, many, I have many ideas for different things I'd like to cover uh, under this new kind of format, and Behind the App is the first of those. Um, I've been working on it since like November, I think, was when I kind of had the idea and started the interviews. Um, over the kind of the past 
day. <laughs> it feels like it's been weeks it's been out. Uh, over the past like 24 hours, um, what I've kind of, the way that I've kind of refined my description of it when talking about it is like, this is the journalistic podcast. Like, this is the episode, the show where I'm now uh, flexing that muscle a little bit more because the difference between um, Inquisitive now as it was before and all the other shows that I do is it's heavily edited, heavily produced. Um, I've interviewed many people. Um, I'm going to be interviewing many more people as well over the course of the series. And it's kind of intercut with me narrating and sound clips and stuff like that. And the episodes are a lot tighter and they're, they're really, really heavily produced. It's like the polar opposite to all the other shows that I do in that regard. Um, cause these shows are a lot more, uh, more, a lot more free form. Like for example, th- what I just did then would have been cut out. Um, like it's a, it's really kind of precisely edited, uh, and, and that kind of stuff. I thank you, by the way, for helping me hone my editing skills. I'm not joking. <laughs> uh, you, you've really helped me get better a lot of that over the last couple of months, um, which has really helped with this stuff because it's very, very different. It's a lot more work. Um, but it was something that I really wanted to do. Um, so I decided I was going to kind of put it all on the line and go for it. Well, so this is different than the previous inquisitive in case someone is crazy and hasn't listened to inquisitive before in which way? Well, inquisitive before was like a one-on-one interview. Mm -hmm. Um, and it would last for kind of as long as it lasted. And I would have questions and we would just kind of be talking, uh, between me and the person and it would be, uh, relatively relaxed you know and we'd be talking about just that person and or thing about that person or something that they'd done but now like for example i think there are like six or seven people that contributed um to the episode uh so like people like marco arment and guy english and jason snell and the guys from supertop and matt bischoff and uh greg pierce yeah greg pierce was there as well and I have some other people that are going to be on the next couple of episodes and then I'm going to be doing some more interviews for later episodes in the next couple of weeks. Um, so I spoke to all of these people and they, they all feature in the episode. They like, And I just play audio clips from them and some answer the same questions, some are answering different questions. And then but the majority of the speaking in the episode is done by me, which is also kind of weird, especially for that show, because it was a show that I would speak on the less. Um, and I write scripts for the show and I read the scripts, uh, and put it all together and it takes, um, hopefully, and I think it does and it will take about, it takes about a week to make each episode. Uh, if I really, really go for it, I need to kind of really step up the gear in the production now. Uh, I have another two episodes completed, um, there are thereabouts and, I've kind of taken most of this week off whilst getting ready to put the first episode out, but tomorrow I'm going to try and get the first draft of the script for episode four written. That's awesome. And so you think and your intention is that you should be able to do it on a weekly basis? I have to. Well, I didn't know if you were going to do like a fortnightly thing or or maybe even a monthly thing. I didn't know if that was the intention. No, I have to for a couple of reasons. Um, one reason is I have sponsors booked. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. But the reason that I did that and committed to that when booking the sponsors um, was I have had a weekly Wednesday show for the last five years. Like, I'm not stopping. And the only reason I'm doing this is because I believe I can do it and I have the time to do it now. Um, 
and I think it's def- I think it's possible. Uh, I did produce one episode of In a Week, and that's without the like the fire of you haven't got a choice. Sure. And I think the fire of you haven't got a choice because you need to put another episode out is really going to help me. Mm-hmm. Do you think that finding or making the time to do this rebooted inquisitive do you think that was one of the reasons you left your your previous real quote unquote real job well i've had ideas for a long time about taking some taking that show and putting it into a new direction and the idea that i had always had is not this one so what i always wanted to do um was to be in a similar way always producing but i wanted to turn inquisitive into like a late night talk show Mm-hmm. That and so I have multiple guests and have a monologue and a band. Like I wanted to do the whole thing and just edit it all together, and I thought it would have been quite interesting. But then I had then after listening to shows like Serial and Startup and stuff like that, I was like, I can do that, like not to their <laughs> level, right? And I don't, and I not for a moment. I I don't think they're comparable. Um, and in, in all honesty, they shouldn't be because they have teams of people and years of research and years of experience. And I'm just it's literally just me doing it um Mm -hmm. i have a couple of people that are uh helping me with the scripts like i write the scripts and i take a look at it and suggest edits and and restructuring um and i have a couple of people that are listening to the shows and telling me where they're dumb and you hear those (laughs) at the end of every episode um they're kind of like the team that are helping me out but no one uh thankfully nobody is is receiving money for that everyone's just helping me out of the goodness of their hearts i think if we do continue this past the first series, which I really do hope we're able to, uh, I will need someone to help me a little bit with the production. But um, like just even just listening and cataloging clips. But anyway, so I can't remember what the start of the question was. But like so, you know, those sort of shows I listened to, to shows like that, and I was like, I think I can do something like that. Um, and this was kind of it. So I kind of abandoned the original idea that I had for Inquisitive and decided that this was going to be the route I was going to take it down. Before you released the first episode, were you super confident, slightly confident, not at all confident, completely devastated and wanting to crawl in a hole and die? Where would, where were you on that scale? Right. So let's talk about everything that happened up until Monday. All right. So I've been very confident about it, putting it together. And I genuinely believed like I had cracked something and it felt fantastic to put together um, and I was really happy with it. I was really super proud of it because um, I felt like I'd made something really exciting. Um, and then that was that episode done. Then I worked on the next two and continued to feel really good about it. Um, and I knew that the first episode wasn't going to be as good in my mind as the second and third episode, purely because I was going to um, hone my craft a bit more, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes and sense. I do genuinely believe, and the people that have heard them agree that episodes two and three get better every time, um, which I think is fantastic. I and that so actually, I'll tell you. So what happened was on Monday, uh, I listened through to create the show notes, mm-hmm. and I hated it. Really? Yeah, I I couldn't stand it. I felt terrible. I felt sick. I was listening to it. And I was like, I think I sound terrible. Um, it sounds too dry. Um, there's so many things wrong in the edit. Like I just, I just didn't think it was good. I really didn't like it, uh, and I, I don't know why. I don't know what happened. Um, but it just, I just couldn't. Oh, I hate, I hated it. I really did. It was horrible, really horrible feeling, and I kind of had this like crisis. 
Um, and I was talking to my girlfriend and I was talking to Marco Savage. Um, Marco's been helping me with the scripts a ton. He's been incredible during this. Um, and it's, you know, and he was saying to me, like, yes, the next ones are better, but the first one is also good. But I was just like freaking out about it. Um, and what I felt like I, the only thing that I felt I could do was to re record it all, like my entire voiceover. But the problem was I didn't have time to do it because I've got a couple of other big projects that I'm working on at the moment. One is the uh, the talk that I'm giving at the Apple Store next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been putting that together. And it's like I can't, uh, I can't focus on recreating the first episode of Inquisitive. Like I won't be able to – I just wouldn't have been able to get it done and get it done right. And then also there was this other part of me that was like – in theory, you kind of want it to get better. Like, if the first one, let's just say, like everybody was telling me when I was freaking out that it was really good. Mm-hmm. Let's just say the first one is really good. And then I believe that episodes two and three are better. That kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Because if you pull the people in and they decide to stick around for the second one, you've got to give them a reason to. And if the show gets better, that's kind of a good reason. Yeah, absolutely. So. I was really, really freaking out about it. Everyone was telling me I was being stupid and I was getting more kind of... I'd sent the, I'd sent it around to everybody that had been involved and a few other people. I'd sent it around ahead of time. I sent it on Friday. And then on Monday, I started to get more feedback from people and people were still like really kind of like, oh, this is amazing. So that kind of made me feel better, but I did feel terrible about it. And then my girlfriend was like, just listen to it in a setting or environment in which you would normally listen. Because she said I, she said that she believed that the combination of me just being nervous about it and listening to it to pick out things for the show notes may have not allowed me to listen to it properly. So I on Tuesday morning, um, I listened through... Oh, no, that was actually... It wasn't Monday that I listened through. It was Tuesday that I listened through. That was why I didn't have the time. So that listen through where I thought it was terrible was on Tuesday and it was coming out on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So then on Wednesday, on the morning, I listened through again and it was all okay. Just like that. I, yeah, I don't know what was going on with me, but I just listened back. Um, I listened back because I needed to add a couple of... I, I, there were a couple of things that I had to, I had to change because they were wrong. Um, like there was a like a a pause where there shouldn't have been a pause or like a, I heard a breath that was, shouldn't have been there because it was meant to be cut out or like a, the music bed needed to be changed. Like a, it needed to be extended because originally like the music beds, when people were talking, they weren't as long as they are, like they were much shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to change those because that was like a stylistic change that I had gone through. Um, and I felt that it sounded better that way. Um, so there were things that I had to change anyway. So I took one more listen through, um, and made those edits. Uh, and when I took that listen through, I felt a lot better about it. Um, and then about an hour before we put it up, I secretly put it into my huff duffer so I could listen in overcast to make sure that all the music sounded okay with smart speed, which it does, which I was really happy about. Um, except maybe one of them which is like the little marimba kind of thing. Um, didn't sound as good as all the other parts. The music, by the way, is like my favorite thing. <laughs> Why is that? 
It's because it's just fantastic. It's so good. We commissioned it all. Oh, is that right? Um, I was actually wondering if you had just stumbled upon some like royalty free thing or something like that. No, it's all it's all commissioned. So there's a, a great music label called Brave Wave, um, who I love. They they do lots of video game music and video game inspired music. And uh my friend there, Mohammed, who is part owner of the record label, um, he I asked him to help me out and we've worked gone back together and worked on it. And it's just, I, I love it. I love it. And I have some more that I've not yet used. And it's, it's kind of like lots of variations of the main theme, which I really love. Um, so then I kind of was leading up to that and I kind of put it out there and, and it felt good. Um, and because I was, I was happy with it, but I want to, I want to talk a little bit about, about the problem with positive feedback. Well, hold on before you go there. How was Tuesday night? Um, all of Tuesday was terrible because I felt like it was bad. I noticed you were, I think you were exchanging tweets on Twitter. Maybe, maybe we were in the relay, um, Slack channel somewhere or another. I saw you active at something like 10 o'clock my time, I think 10 in the evening, my time, which is three your time. Um, and I, and I don't know if you ended up seeing this before you went to sleep. I think you, I might've just missed you, but I sent you a series of text messages saying to you, it's 3am. Actually, now I'll read them. It's 3am. The show is great. You're going to get great feedback. You're going to get it. You'll get a smattering of crappy feedback. The show is great. Be proud of it. Get some sleep. (laughs) Now, did you actually see that before you passed out or no? No, I figured you sent them to me like two minutes after I did go to sleep. Ah, that's annoying. It's not your Um, fault, but that's annoying. At first, uh, Tuesday just sucked because, like in general, because I I was feeling very insecure. Um, be, because I there was just something that happened in my brain where I just wasn't happy with it, um, and then it all kind of fell into place on Wednesday. Right. Um, I want to talk about what obviously what Wednesday, as we record yesterday, was like, and what kind of the feedback from people have been. But I want to talk about how. And I'm gonna take a break, but I want to talk about like how getting feedback to a project before it goes live can actually be, a, for me anyway, a quite can be a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll talk about that. But let me just take one moment to thank our friends over at Harry's. Uh, we love Harry's, and I'm happy they're back to sponsor us. For many people, uh, shaving is a pain. It can be uncomfortable. It can cause nicks, cuts, scrapes, razor burn, and buying razor blades today, as well as you know, frustrating for having to get them unlocked in the drugstore or like just in general, they're expensive. Like they're just more expensive than you need them to be. And that's where Harry's can save you. Harry's is started by two guys who wanted a better product without paying an arm and a leg. They wanted something that was comfortable. They wanted something that looked good, felt good, embodied a real fun and cool brand and wasn't extremely expensive. Harry's make their own blades. This is how they maintain the great quality and price. They have high quality, high performing German blades that were crafted by shaving experts. They liked the blades so much that when they first saw them at a factory in Germany that they bought the factory to make sure that they would always be around and that for as long as Harry's is around, they've got the blades that they want. They off- Harry's offers a high quality shave with their razors at about half the price of other big branded blades. They ship to your doorstep for free and 
their starter set, so like the actual full starter kit, which you'll get a razor, a moisturizing shave cream or firming shave gel, and three razor blades, is just $15. Now, in a minute, I'm going to tell you how you can get that for $10, which is incredible. $10 for the whole kit and caboodle. Um, on average, an everyday shaver who uses Harry's products saves $150 a year using Harry's blades. And they that and something that's really important to them is they will guarantee your satisfaction because that's so important to, to them. With Harry's, you get a satisfaction guarantee. I love the way their products look. It's got like a super cool, a retro kind of feel. It's like modern and retro, which is I really like. It's got like this real classic vibe to it, but they feel great in the hand as well. Um, I love the aftershave moisturizer that they have, which is really nice. It smells great, feels great on my skin. It is really important to stay moisturized, especially in the face area. Um, and Harry's helps protect my face. Um, I use their <laughs> blades to help me keep sharp. You know, I am a man who likes a beard, but there is a, a, an element of taking care of that, which you kind of can't get with anything other than a blade. Like, you know, you want to clean up around the neck and on the cheeks and stuff like that. And Harry's Harry's keeps me looking my best. In my opinion, these are the best blades that I've used. Um, they're as good, if not better, than anything that I've ever used before. And for a fraction of the price of their competitors, you can't go wrong. Now, Harry's is only available in the US. They were very kind to send me a kit. Um, but if you are in the US, you should be experiencing a clean, close, and comfortable shave with Harry's. If you go to harrys.com right now, they will give you $5 off uh, your first purchase if you use the coupon code analog. So that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and use the coupon code analog and you'll get $5 off at checkout. So you can start shaving better today. Thanks so much to Harry's for supporting this show. Excellent. So I'd sent... Um, I'd sent Inquisitive, as I mentioned, to a bunch of people and kind of everyone, I'd had some, uh, I've had some like, um, some critical feedback, which was good. It was all very constructive. Um, and some of the stuff that people said, I agree with, and I'm going to address later some things I was able to address straight away or, or, you know, however that, however kind of that would fall, which is fine. And I'm, I'm happy to receive criticism. Um, for the show if, if I think it's going to make it better but resoundingly people were like this is amazing like you, you're going to do something this is going to be great for you and for Relay like this is really going to kind of kind of help you guys um, stand out and, and get even more noticed that kind of thing when people were telling you that when people are pretty much categorically telling you you're going to be a success that adds a lot more pressure to me. On account of? If it's not, then what more can I do? If people that I trust um, and, and people whose opinions I trust for their, uh, their taste and or their experience, which would lead them to have those opinions... If they say to me, like, this, people are going to love this, it's going to be a great success for you, and then it's not, like... I, I know that I would feel, and this is how I was feeling leading up to it, like if if people feel this is going to be a success and it's not a success, then I don't know what to do. Like, what do, what do I do? You know, I think if I were in, those, in, in your position, and let's say you release this episode and then let's say it just tanked, I would assume that Maybe it's because these are my friends or colleagues or even acquaintances 
And maybe they they thought it was awesome, but perhaps they're different in some way. Maybe they're app developers in this case, so they're more inclined to like it. Maybe they were just sugarcoating it before. One way or another, I would probably tell myself, well, for whatever reason, that wasn't the right group of individuals to ask. And you're just, I'm just gonna have to try harder. I'm gonna have to try some or try something different, if not harder. Um, but it's, it's, that's a tough thing. And that does make sense. Although it's a, it's a scary and a little bit negative way of looking at it. Oh, for sure. But, but that's like the insecurity. Yeah. You know, when you, when you're doing something like, well, at least for me, when doing something like this, I become insecure about it because until it's in the, in the ears of the people, like you don't really know how people are going to react. And it was kind of like, it was just a very nerve wracking experience. And in a weird way, as great as it was to know that people were enjoying it, it kind of added more. Well, I allowed it to add more pressure on when I shouldn't have done. I should have just taken the, the praise at face value and be happy with it. Um, but this was kind of like in the days leading up to, as I was feeling the pressure a bit more, um, because as well, like I put so much work into it, I wanted it to be a success, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like I was I was piling it on and it was kind of like anything that I could find that could add more stress onto myself. I was just doing that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you plan on offering future episodes to that those same trusted advisors, a subset of them, different advisors? Or are you just going to let them go like you would any other podcast without any sort of proofing? Well, the the people who are producing, um, sure, sure, will hear it, and some of those people have actually asked to hear more of them. Uh, so I'm doing that, um, which, and I genuinely think, which makes me happy, is they just want to hear more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I, more, I've never had this before. Never have I had this before, and this is a great thing. Like people have been asking me, like friends have been saying, like, can you send me? the next one and that's a great feeling <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, not not a lot of people have done it but no one's ever done it before like because people don't may, may not necessarily know probably didn't know that i had another two but they were just like is episode two done yet and it's like yep you can have it um and, but that's good because i can kind of maybe get a little bit more feedback on it but i'm i'm feeling confident about them um from a production standpoint who knows the content might not be as good but i don't think that's the case in all honesty um should we talk about what 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 it was like to put it out that's exactly where i was going so did you just sit on libsyn hitting command r constantly uh oh man i set up a command center (laughs) i've never I, i i don't even think i did this much kind of like sitting on stats when relay launched like oh yeah yeah, I think I kind of put a little bit more into it this time. Like I had Google Analytics up um, because I knew one of the things that was going to be really important for this was people needed to link to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was very lucky. Many people did. And it was oh my awesome. God, it was nonstop. I mean, I'm not saying this to blow smoke <laughs> up your butt, but I feel like Twitter for like three hours was nothing but links and retweets and tweets and and all sorts of stuff pointing to this episode. Now that's completely deserved because it was brilliant, but I was like, my goodness, Mike either has done something really remarkable, which I think is true, or has a million friends, which I think actually is also true, but it was, it was nonstop. It was incredible. So yeah, like there were people that were tweeting me pictures, which had, um, 
they're RSS readers and like it's like six RSS items all about you. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that make right you feel? Did that make you feel good, bad, different, in, oh, indifferent? I was great. It was because that was what I knew I needed. Like I really knew that I needed it. Like I sure. had to have, I had to have like, uh, I had to have people linking to it because it was like a great way to to get the word out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like a really important thing. And you know, then I, I so I had Google Analytics open. I had um, set up a rare third column in Tweetbot on the Mac, which was uh, a saved search for the URL. Interesting. Okay. To see people tweeting about it. Because the thing that I decided that I knew that I needed um, was, was I needed people to be sharing it. So the thing that I that I realized with Serial was I picked up Serial because I saw people tweeting about it nonstop. Like every Thursday, a bunch of people would tweet about Serial. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I believe that the word of mouth is what made that show popular. So again, I'm not expecting for Inquisitive to become the world's most popular podcast, but it's a show that I would like to be uh, more popular than than anything else that I do, which that's the dream, right? Or at least equally popular um, to to you know the most popular stuff that we do on Relay, because if we can get it to that level, then financially it makes sense for us to continue doing it um, with the amount of time and effort that it takes to put into it. So. I knew that word of mouth was going to be an important thing, so I wanted to see people sharing it, and and lots and lots of people have, which is incredible, and I think that it's really helped get the word out um, from like a a groundswell movement as well, so as well as people linking to it. There seems to be a lot of people finding it, um, and it's their first relay show or the first time they've heard me, or like they've just seen a friend talk about it and they're they're checking it out. Because and as well, like I took great care with the way the show's presented to without trying to make it insulting to people, to try and make it as easy to approach as possible for, for new audiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um like for example, explaining what an SDK is. Like I felt sure. like I could i I felt if it's good enough for Tim Cook, it's good enough for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but the feedback you got, it was from the non-trusted advisors, from the quote-unquote public, the feedback was good? Yeah, I've had like maybe three or four complaints and they're about the two of the same things. So I'm perfectly happy with that. I was expecting there to be more complaints. Good. Um, And I've been like, I think the, the... the highest praise that I received, which was not praise that I re- expected. I was going to um, ask you this. You took it right out of my mouth. Um, the, it, it was something that Marco said, but it wasn't because Marco said it. It was the words which, which many people have said, which, and I believe, um, has been uh, independent thought. Well, I, I hope is anyway, is saying that it's raised the bar. Mm-hmm. I never expected and I genuinely never it just never crossed my mind that that would be something that people felt Um, I knew that what I was doing was different to what I hear and that was kind of a big part of it but I never expected people anybody to see it as like you know Relay have raised the bar Mm -hmm. Um, and it's incredible to think that people feel that way uh, because I can without trying to, to blow smoke 
I can kind of see why you would say that because it is so different and because it does take a lot more work. And I don't think and really don't want everybody to make shows like this. Not for my own interests. It's because I don't want all of my tech podcasts that I listen to to now sound like that. Sure. I think it has a specific place and it doesn't work with, with like ATP would not work that way. No, certainly not. It doesn't make any sense. Like, and like, I, this is the only show that I plan to do that's anything like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to turn like an, I, an existing show or make another new show that has this kind of format for anything. Like, I can't, like, I physically can't do another one. Uh, but I don't want to because I have varied listening tastes, and a majority of the shows that I like to enjoy are a couple of people having fun and talking. Yep, I agree. And then I maybe listen to two or three shows that are of that kind of storytelling heavily produced because I can't take more than that really. Um it's they're quite heavy. They're very uh they're very dense. Um and it's like yeah, and I, just hearing people say that has just been incredible and the feedback in general, man, has just been it's been extremely emotional and overwhelming in a good way and I've been thrilled just thrilled that people are enjoying it like really just cannot believe it and i had a goal i had a goal uh number mm-hmm. in terms of downloads yeah and we achieved it on the first day how good does that feel yeah it was pretty good now who knows what those numbers are going to look like um hopefully they grow every week that is not outside the realm of possibility it's also I've not never- easy Exactly. I've never had that before. So what I'm expecting to see is what I what I've seen for every show is it will take a hit next week. But at the moment we're higher. So we've made the goal. So the goal was to double Inquisitor's audience. Um by tomorrow we will have tripled it. Oh, that's amazing. Uh so I'm confident that we will keep at least the twice size audience. And then I have to make it, I have to try and find a way over the next 10 to 15 weeks. I literally have no idea how many weeks this is going to last, by the way. Like, I I have no idea. I have like 10 topics, but one topic I've already split into two episodes. Mm -hmm. This could last for six months. I literally (laughs) don't know. Seriously, I have no idea. Like, just this series behind the app. Like, I don't know how long it's going to last. Because I haven't even conducted the second round. So, of everyone that you've currently heard... Uh, you're going to hear those people for the next few weeks because I've interviewed all of them and they've done half of the interview questions with them. I'm going to go back to all of those people and do the other half as well as some other people as well. So the people that you've currently heard, they're like the core. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually one more person on next week's episode who's also going to have all of the stuff, but I couldn't interview them until after I produced the first episode. So they're going to be like the core group, I think. Um, and there are going to be some additions for certain episodes here and there. Um, and... I will be I will be doing something to address the gender imbalance, which is one of the the things that people have mentioned to me, and I know that that's a problem. Um, but I have some people in mind for for who I want to talk to about some specific topics, um, and I welcome suggestions on that. By the way, for people that I might be missing, um, but I the reason I won't mention names is because I've not asked anybody yet because I'm not doing any more interviews for the next couple of weeks. Fair enough. Um, so now that it's all said and done, you've it, you've released it into the wild. You've let that beautiful butterfly spread its wings. Um, do you still think it's good? Yeah, 
How good? I, I've never been more proud of something. Good. I mean, you should. I, I've listened to it twice now. Uh, hand on heart. That's really the truth. Um, it, it really is excellent. It really, really is. And I'm not, I'm not one who's listened to very many uh, heavily produced shows like that. Um, I've listened to a couple episodes of This American Life. I've not intentionally avoided serial. I just don't feel like I have the time to listen to it, and so I never started. Oh, Casey. Sorry. Listen to it. I don't have the time. You gotta. You gotta, I, man. It's so good. Well, then I'm gonna have to stop like listening to this show or something like that. I don't know. How's that gonna work? I don't know. <laughs> no, but anyway, um, so I don't usually listen to uh, really heavily produced shows, and this one is heavily produced, but it's it's so it's so well done, and it is like you had said earlier, a nice change of pace from a couple of knuckleheads or maybe a trio of knuckleheads talking for a while. And I love the knuckleheads talking format, but it's a very very different different animal, and it it really makes it nice. Um, now that it's all done. I wanted to ask you, partially because I'd like to talk about this a little bit, I wanted to ask you, what do you think the secret is? Like, let's let's take it as fact that it is really good, because I do believe that. And anyone I've ever spoken to, it, to about it also believes it. And these are people that I think both of us deeply respect. Um, what do you think makes it good? Why is it good? Uh, time, passion... Uh, experience and sacrifice. That's a pretty good summary. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on any of that? No is an okay answer. Time in that it takes so long to produce it. If you're going to do it, you've got to do it properly. You've got to put the time in. Um, and it does take an incredible amount of time, which is why, not for skill, but just for why I don't think a lot of people will be able to do it. Like, I'm able to do this. Like, this is not like how I believe that anybody can have a podcast. Anybody can have a podcast like this one where they take an hour to talk to their buddy, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they talk about the things that they love, which, you know, if you ask me, like, that's the best kind of podcasting. Yeah, it's yeah. my favorite kind. Um, I think anybody can, can do that. It, not anybody can do something that's so heavily produced on their own because it takes so long. Like that, th those 30 minutes, the initial edit took about two and a half hours. That is after I have already interviewed everyone, listened back to the clips that I needed to, cut up the clips, recorded my voiceover, cut up my voiceover, right? Just to put those pieces together like a jigsaw took about two and a half hours for 37 minutes. Golly, that's a long right? time. So the, the, um, the pure amount of time it takes, if you're going to do it right, and that's where the passion part comes into it, You've got to really care about it. Like, you've got to really care about it to want to do this. Um, it takes an incredible amount of time and then it takes an incredible amount of patience to do it all. Uh, and you kind of do have to know what you're doing to an extent. You've got to understand your way around a, an app like Logic, right? So you have to have experience in that. You have to have a good sense of what it takes to build a story. I think mine is okay. Like mine is less about what it takes to build a story. It's more like what it takes to build a story for the interview. So I was talking to someone about this today. I feel like the old inquisitive was taking um, an interview and crafting a story out of the interview. But now it's like the inverse. I'm interesting. I, I'm like making Wait, so if, if okay, I'm going to try because it's difficult for me to say. If the previous inquisitive 
was taking an interview and putting it into a story. It's like the other way around. It's like I have a story and I have these interviews and I'm creating a story and using the interviews to tell the story. Yeah, it makes sense, but very weird. Very weird way of looking at it. Yeah, because it, well, it was like it was one person and I had all these questions and I think, felt that it, it told a story about the person. But now I have a story I want to tell and I'm using the interviews to tell the story. Right. Because I ask like... Of all of the questions, like say you hear Guy say something, I maybe asked like three other people that question, but Guy's answer was the answer I wanted to use because it told the story the way I wanted it to tell. This is the journalism part of it. Right, right. Right, because I might have an answer that somebody else gave, and I've had that. Like, I'm looking for a specific answer for this question to allow me to continue the story down the path that I want. If you don't give me the answer I want, I might not use that answer. Now, that is a very harsh way of doing it, but that's the journalism part of it. I'm not lying on anybody's behalf. Nobody is edited in such a way, purposefully, where it twists their words. Like, mm-hmm. I don't move any sections around. The only editing I do is to reduce pauses or I might cut a bit out of the middle. But I take when I do that, I take, I take a lot of care to make sure that it doesn't change the sentiment. Mm-hmm. But like, what I mean is, I, if I, for example, if, if the picture that I'm trying to paint is that... Um, the approval process sucks, then I will use those, right? But then I have also, like this is in an upcoming episode, where I want to to talk about how hard the approval process is and how it can suck for app developers and how Apple, I think, should go about changing it. But I got some really interesting answers to the contrary, which, and I've used some of those clips, like Matt Bischoff saying, I think it's in the first episode. Yeah, he, he alludes to it, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going, but I will actually allow that part of the story to be told because it wasn't the only person. Like, to say, I want a harsher app review. So, like, that wasn't what I was expecting. So, like, that's the other things. Like, the interviews then help bring out more of the story. But I have a specific story that I want to tell. I want to tell it in a certain way, and the and I kind of use journalistic integrity to tell that story. Makes sense. Now, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, or you know, early on in your answer, and saying that it's about care and time um the more the older i get the more i feel like in almost any endeavor that i can think of and i'm sure that 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 people could think of a thousand and five contradictions to what i'm about to say but in almost any endeavor that i can think of the easiest way to get recognized and rewarded for your efforts at doing whatever maybe it's writing maybe it's podcasting maybe it's playing a game who knows the easiest way to get rewarded and recognized for being good at it is to really, really give a crap. And giving a crap means spending the time on it and trying and trying and practicing and doing it over and over and over again and caring about what, what you do. As a silly example, as a developer, if I have an instance where I'm putting some text on the screen, like maybe it's a count of how many blog posts are on my website giving a the, the the easy way to do it is to say you have you know x posts on this site the give a crap way of doing it is to say you have either one post on this site or x posts on the site does that make sense you know to actually mm-hmm. care whether or not the word post is plural that's giving a crap it's a little thing that may not make a difference to really anyone but it shows that you actually cared you know whenever i see on a website or on a on an application or an app, when I see like post paren s paren, you know, so it's applicable either if it's one or many. Every time I see that, I'm like, wow, you got lazy. You shouldn't have done that. And so 
just that it is so unbelievably obvious in this episode that you really, really gave a crap. And I think that's partly why it's so darn good. Thank you. I don't disagree with you. All right. I'm trying not to be humble about this too much. <laughs> no, I mean, you are a humble guy, but you, you deserve a moment to be not humble. And, and, and certainly you should not be humble about this. It's really, really good. Thanks, man. All right. If you want to find the show notes for this week's episode, then you should head over to uh, relay.fm slash analog slash 28, and you'll find links to Inquisitive in there as well, if you would so desire. Um, and we'll be back next time. Thank you so much to our sponsors this week, our friends over at Linda, Flywheel, and Harry's. Um, if you want to find us online, there's a couple of ways you can do that. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and Casey is at Casey Liss, C-A-S-E-Y-L-I-S-S. It's Casey Liss on Twitter, and you can find him at uh, atp.fm and caseyliss.com. Um, thank you, Casey, for being here. Thank you, sir. And thank you all for listening. We could not do this show without you. Until next time, say goodbye, Casey Liss. I'll see you later, Mike.